0: okay so when we left off last week we had just gotten up to Yishtabach so this is the very end of uh, Psukei Zimra as we mentioned uh, a number of times so Yishtabach is the bracha which represents uh, we have uh, many things you have a bracha which starts the process you have a bracha which ends the process so in the same way, Baruch Shamar is the bracha which opens up Sukkot e Zimra. Yishtabach is the bracha which concludes Sukkot e And Rav Yaakov Emden actually writes this very clearly. He says that, um, he says the reason why the bracha of Yishtabach doesn't begin with the words which is usually the opening words of brachas which we say, so the reason why this is so is because it's considered in halachic terminology, in the Gemara's terminology, bracha has verta. It's a bracha which is considered to be connected with a previous bracha. Like in Shmon Esrei, only the first bracha begins, bracha to Hashem, and then all of the rest of the brachas don't begin with that opening, bracha to Hashem, because it's a series of brachas. So a series of brachas, the first one begins with barach, and then you don't have the conclusion until the, the end. But the ones in the middle don't have to begin with Baruch. So in the same way, Baruch Shamar is the opening. Yishtabach is the end. That's the second brach of the series. And the Pesukim in between, meaning all of the Hodula uh, Hashem uh, and Ashrei and all of that stuff. So that's not considered to be a now he says that. So this is another one of those things, Ellen, which has to be said while standing. Why is it said while standing? Because it's similar to Baruch Shamar. So that's the Bracha of praise. And we mentioned the idea that there are authorities who say that anytime you're saying a Bracha of praise, so it should at the very least preferably be said while standing. And now he says that, interesting thing, he says, Yeshba Yud Gimel Lashonoshel so Yishtabach has thirteen different phrases, different ways of saying the word praise. Thirteen synonyms of praise. Because you'll do this tomorrow morning when you say Baruch Shamar. So on your fingers you'll count up how many times the word Baruch is appears in Baruch Shamar, and hopefully you'll reach the number thirteen. So this also we have this connection, this numeral uh, uh, connection between Baruch Shamar. Thirteen barachs, and the thirteen synonyms of praise, which we find in Yishtabach. Okay, then an interesting thing which we have, an interesting idea. So he says that uh, this in this sefer which I have called Makorhab So he goes that, and he says that there are those Yesh There are those who say Kishlomu HaMelech that Shlomo Hamelach, so this would make it pretty ancient, that Shlomo HaMelech was the one who originally composed the uh, this bracha of Yishtabach, this bracha which contains these praises. How do we know that Shlomo Hamelach went ahead and, and, and composed it? So remember that back in the day when, uh, you know, going back to the time of Rishonim and whatnot, and even earlier than that, apparently. So authors would always embed their name into the tefillah itself. So that's the way that we know many of the slichos, and many of the kinos, we know who the author is, is because somewhere in there is going to be their name. Like uh, those who know, in L'cha so the paragraphs of L'cha so if you follow the first letter of each paragraph, it spells Shlomo Halevi. For some alphabets, so he the opening letter of each one of those stanzas corresponds to one of the the, the letters of his name, and that's the way that uh, authors would typically embed their name into the thing, rather like on a, on a on a picture which somebody draws that they they put their name actually onto the picture itself. So here and it is. So where do we find in the text the name of Shlomo Hamelach? So you can look at it over there. I would give you some time, but we have limited time, so we won't do so. But if you look over here on the screen, oh, there it goes. So you have, if you look at these words, Shimcha Ad ma'keinu hakel hamelech. So look in the first four words, Shin, Lamed, Mem, He. So the first letter of those four words after the word Yishtabach spells Shlomo. And then the very next word is the word Hamelach. So you see embedded within the tefillah itself, Shlomo went ahead and left his signature behind for those who are. Discerning, and we'll be able to go ahead and uh, and pick it up. Um, okay, so that's what uh, that that's what he says, and then the last thing that I want you to uh, to know, just in terms of the structure of Yishtabach. So in this work, this uh, this more academic work which we reference the Nesiv Bina, so he says as follows: he says that Yishtabach is actually comprised of three different sections. If this was a word, Doc, I would actually break it down into three sections for you. But he says that... um, uh, Yeah. So he says that... um, We're going to break it down like this. So he says the first part is where we go ahead and uh, we say that we we identify... Uh, that we should always be able to praise our God. So Yishtabach Shimcha Laad Malkenu. So we go ahead and praise, be your name forever, our King, who is the King. So we go ahead and we give sort of a definition. There's many definitions we have for God, many descriptions we have, but here we go ahead and we say Hakel Hamel So we go ahead and we identify him as. The Almighty, the Almighty ooh, Still getting feedback there. The Almighty, the thank you, the uh, the great holy king in heaven and on earth. So that's the one that we are that we are talking to. And he writes, so this line goes at and summarizes the essential content of Sukhi de Zimra. Which the goal of all of that is. To accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, like he explained in Ashray. Then he says, the second half of this is going to be the actual praises which we say. So this is, sorry, so this is because to you, Hashem our God, it's appropriate the God of our uh, uh, ancestors, and then here come the synonyms, <laughs> does have to be in one breath, but you have this section over there, so he says that these are 15 different terms which, are, which we have, 13 or 15, depending on how you go ahead and count it, so this is what we are assigning to, uh, to Hashem, we're pulling out our, uh, our uh, uh, thesaurus, and we go ahead and we uh, we pull out all the synonyms that we have, and then we have the concluding bracha, and interestingly enough, in the concluding bracha, because we're on a theme here, at least according to this this sefer, so we also have 15, so the third section is the concluding bracha, bracha to Hashem, and then from there, if you go ahead and count the words, kel melk adobah kel, how haodos adon hanifos habacher bishirei, Zimra Melech Kel Holamim. You have another fifteen words. So here's our theme of 15s, which are going on over here, in in all of that, and this is something which is which is important. And one last thing is that Riv Monk, in his work on the uh, the world of prayer, so he goes ahead and points out that if you look back in uh, in uh, in Baruch Shamar, so you find almost all of the exact same phrases that we have highlighted over here. Except that, actually I should say, go back over here, uh, except in this section over here, in the second section, except that the word kadosh appears in Yishtabach, and kadosh does not appear in Baruch Shamar. Because the first time that we have the term kadosh, which appears significantly, not the appearance altogether, but the time that we introduce it as a praise of God, is really in Az Yashir. Az which is the section immediately before Yishtabach, where we say, So we say, actually we can pull that up over here. Uh, it's in the middle there. Who is like you among the, uh, uh, adorned in holiness. Right? So this is the second one, where we say, uh, who is like you, adorned in holiness. So this phrase is where we introduce the word um kadosh. and therefore that's why in yishabox so that's why we go ahead and we throw in that uh that uh that additional description of god okay now we begin with uh, birchos, uh, birchos, uh Kriyashma a bikhos kreishma borchu we're not going to talk about that what that is and okay so here we have birchos Kriyashma so, the first thing is that just to know, uh, just historically, where it comes from, where, where it was introduced from. So, this is, so I'm just reading from one of the Rishonim and the way they present it. He says, the Chazal, he quotes the Gemara in Brachos. The Gemara Brachas says, So the mission over there is talking about the Brachas that we say related to Kriyashma. And in the morning, the way the brachas are structured around Kriyashma is, you have two brachas before, one bracha after. So here is bracha ta'ashem al that is bracha number one. This part of a series. So that's why that first bracha ends, bracha ta'ashem hamel That's what you have over here. So this is the conclusion of the first bracha. Since it's part of a series, the next bracha, like we just we mentioned before, doesn't begin with the words bracha ta'ashem. This is two out of a series of three. So, Rabbah is bracha number two. We say Rabbah. Then we have Kriyashma in the middle over here. And then beginning with the words MS V'yatsiv. So, from here, this now represents bracha number three. This is the bracha after Kriyashma, which concludes with the words. So, in the morning, we say two before and one after. And in Mariv, which if we get to Maariv, we GPS Mariv, but there's two before and two after. Why there's a difference? That's not so important now. But then also the Gemara says, going back to where we need to be, the Gemara says that one of the things that we're going to do is you have to mention that Lahaz uh, can meet us Yom or meet us Yom Ba That we mention. that one may think, and we'll discuss this in a moment. They Um, uh, that uh, we should mention that God is the source of light during the morning, because morning is light time, and then we should mention the fact that God brings on the night only at night time, Kriyashma. But Chazal go out of their way and say, this is not what we do. What we do is we mention both day and night by day, and we mention both day and night by night time. So over here, for example, in the opening words of the Bracha, we say Yotze or Sorry for that first highlight. or So, Gajborchu is the one who forms the light and he creates the darkness. So, we're mentioning both light and darkness, even though by daytime our main thrust is going to be the light, because that's what we go on to say. That you go ahead and provide illumination for the land and those who live there. So, obviously, the main thrust of the, uh, the bracha by Shachris is the light, is light, but nonetheless, we go out of our way to make sure to mention both day and night in, in both of these. What's the reason we go ahead and we do so? So here, uh, um, yeah, so he says so Rabbeinu Yonah, who's one of the Rishonim who comments on the Gemara and brachos, so he raises this question, and he answers it in the name of Rev Eliyahu Hatzarfati, which would mean Eliyahu the French guy. And I guess this is pre-last names, or Eliyahu Frenchy, or something along those lines. But he says, the, the, the name, the reason is, Shetam Adavra Mishum He says, the reason why we mention both day and night, and night and day, both by day and night, if we could say, if we could sound like Dr. Seuss there for a minute. So he says, the reason why we go ahead and we do so is, because the Gemara relates, Who Mina Le There was a heretic who came to Rebbe, and he said, or or the one who created the light did not create darkness, and the one who created darkness did not create light. In other words, that's the Zoroastrian perspective on things, a good God and a bad God, a God of light, a God of darkness. And there are two different creations. And he went ahead and he pointed to a pasuk, right? Heretics back in the day used to do pasuk and they were fluent in Tanakh. So he pointed to a pasuk, which supports this notion. And that is this exact wording, which we went ahead and Chazal incorporated into the bracha, where we say yodzer or uvarichoshech, that there is somebody who is yodzer, the former of light, somebody who forms light—that's the English translation over here—and the creator of darkness. So you've got two different uh, creators. Let's say one who went ahead and created darkness, and one who went ahead and formed light. Sounds like we're talking about two different people. Otherwise, you would say yotzer or vechoshech or Bore or vechoshech. You'd use one term and you'd cover both of them. He says yotzer. Yeah. So he says so. That's what this heretic claimed. He said that it must be that there's really or there are really two gods rather than one God, and that's evident from this passage. This is a passage of I think it is, and therefore this is clear evidence to our belief system and not your monotheistic belief system. Your monotheistic belief system is flawed. Amarlo. So Rebbe responded, and back in the day, this is when people weren't uh, so weak, like nowadays, so you could go ahead and you could hurl an insult before you go ahead and respond with the actual substance of the argument. He says, "Shote." he says, you idiot. Shvil Go on to the end of the passage. Hashem tzivako shemo. Because it goes on to say, Hashem is his name, meaning shehu levado That he is the only one who created everything. So if you stop in the middle of a pasach, you're obviously going to get a wrong impression about the intent of the pasach. But if you go ahead and you read the entire pasach, take it in context, so then you'll see clearly that really the pasach itself indicates that there is one creator. And one, what the difference between creation and forming, uh, we'll just say for simplicity that creation always implies something from nothing. That was the initial part of creation. Is God creates something from nothing, and then once you have matter, or once you have substance, then you could go ahead and you could form that into all sorts of different things. So you have to have the basic building blocks, the basic proteins of whatever every cell is, and then once you have those basic proteins, so then you could go ahead and you could form cells into all sorts of different things if, if you want. But so there is an initial act of creation, and then once you actually have substance to work with, then you are Bo- Then you are yotzer. Then you go ahead. And you form things. So that is the way Rabbeinu Yona goes out and explains it. And uh, along those lines, um, uh, where do you go? Yeah, so he says that, he makes the point in this uh, Sefer Makor HaTefilos, so he points out, I'm not going to be able to pull it off, but he says that by Shachris, the opening word of this bracha, Yotzer or Choshech, and the conclusion of this bracha, where we say, Yotzer HaMeoros, that Gashborchu is the one who forms the constellations, those things which light up in the sky, and by Mariv, which will happen shortly, Hashem. We say the opening words begin, that he brings on the nighttime. And the end of that bracha is So one is talking about his creative act of light, and the other is the bringing of the uh, the darkness. So the Makura Brachos says, he's quoting from the Avudram, he says, the Yom, because during the daytime, Maske so we're going to, that's what the bulk of this bracha is ultimately going to be about. The fact that the went ahead and created everything. V'davar ha as well as that which all of life uh, relies upon, shuhu or which is the sun, right? None of, uh, none of our, uh, our, our world, none of our planet would be able to exist in its current form without sunlight there. So the whole existence of what we know is, as far as the world is concerned is the light. So that we could engage in our various activities. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to mention the fact that is that we're going to seek out our pranas uh, our at that time. Now, in contrast to that at nighttime, so we mentioned that God brings the night upon us. Because nighttime is when we rest. That's what we're no longer pursuing. We're no longer hunting and gathering by daytime. Hunting and gathering is a daytime activity. Nighttime is the, we'll call it rest and digest. We're uh, we're resting, we're, uh, we're charging our batteries. Kimiya or Tamid, and here's an interesting idea, because if the, if, if the I don't know how the Avudram knew this already, but he said that in the event that the world was constantly light, meaning that there is no setting of the sun in darkness at nighttime, but the sun was constantly overhead, shining light. So we wouldn't be able to rest, which is interesting because we know that to be true because of the circadian rhythm, that actually the, the body is able to sense the setting of the sun, the rising of the sun becoming light, and the setting of the sun, and our body is actually attuned to that, we messed that up because of our artificial lights, but the body is actually very attuned to that. And the uh, the plants and the animals also are very attuned to that. It's not so much the temperature that the trees and the plants know that spring has arrived or fall has arrived, but has to do with the, uh, the, the also a circadian rhythm. So that also is something which we see as an essential part of creation. And that accounts for the difference between the way we form this bracha, Thanking God for light and darkness at nighttime, and what we emphasize about light and dark during the uh, during the uh, the daytime. <clears throat> so that is as far as that. Then, uh, now in this bracha, so that we say. Now let's go back. So one thing which uh, I'm sure everybody has noticed is that. Uh, Beginning with right this highlighted section, which is on your screen, So everybody knows that that's written in the olive base. You follow each one of those words and it follows the uh, the, the order of the olive base, goes olive through tough. It's all there embedded in the in the thing. So he says that the reason why, the Orchos Chaim, one of the Rishonim, he says the reason why that that is there is Lodia. This is to make known. Shaloni Skyimu Shomain Baris, that the whole reason for the existence of the heaven and the earth, what allows the heaven and earth to remain in place and function, is Alpiha Torah, is because of the existence of Torah, the study of Torah, our connection with Torah, and the Alpha and the Olive Base, he Yesodha Torah. This is the foundation of all of Torah. That's what Chazal tells us in various midrashim and whatnot. That Kashbarah who created the olive base and then sort of like the original proteins that from which you could go ahead and you could create an entire universe. So spiritually, those proteins are the letters of the olive base and you combine the olive base in different ways and different forms. And that's how all of creation comes into existence. If you remember, <clears throat> the mushle I've given in the past in Shul, as far as this is concerned, is the idea of the uh, of word world, which I don't know, uh, you know, your children are all undoubtedly too old for that, maybe your grandchildren. but I don't think it was such a long lasting thing. It, it, it was prominent by my older kids, my younger kids already. I don't even know if they know what that is. But the whole idea is, is that you had this teaching kids how to uh, how to read and every creature which exists is drawn with the letters of that name. So the duck, if you look at the, the duck as it walks around, you can see a D-U-C-K and you see the pig is P-I-G, so everything existed. And inevitably in the story, something would fall apart. The letters would de- detach. And then you would no longer have the duck over there. And then the whole purpose of the show, what that episode was, to reconstruct those letters, put them back together, so that whatever had fallen apart now becomes, uh, becomes whole again. So creation works in the same way. And we hint to that idea by having this olive base section in, uh, in, in, the, in the, uh, the da'vri there. Um, okay, now the other thing which I want you to be familiar with over here. Um, okay, so he says, so the Nasib Bina, so he points out that there is there's an interesting parallel he gives he sort of tries to explain the theme of the uh, of the bracha or the sequence of the bracha what we're trying to accomplish but he points out an interesting thing I, i i hadn't noticed it specifically and i think at different times i end up quoting off the top of my head different phrases but you have at the beginning we say um so he said you provide light for the land and those who dwell upon it with mercy and in your goodness your compassion goodness so that means that we say that the translation is and in his goodness renews every day continually the work of creation so here as we as we said we're moving now front with creation uh, where, where we have a focus on creation and how that the creation praises God as we'll see and we find that ex- almost the exact same phrase, towards the end of the bracha. Interesting. Where we say, ha-mechadish b'tuva tamid ma'asai So one is, uh, let me get the, the first, the opening one. At the opening, we say, uvetuvo mechadesh." These two words over here, mechadish b'tuva or tuva mechadesh," they change order. At the beginning, it's, and over here, uh, you have it the other way, that Kodesh renews in his goodness each day creation. But we have these benchmarks, both at the beginning of the bracha and the end of the bracha, about the fact that Kashborhu is the one who's behind, who's the force behind all of creation. Now, once we know that initially our focus is on creation, so then we move into that next phrase, which says, while we're on the topic of creation, so we say, So we say, how wondrous and how, uh, how uh, many are your works, Hashem. You made them all with wisdom and the earth is filled with your, with your possessions. This is then, leads to a, a, a request. And we say, uh, we say, first we go ahead and now we address God again. So here it says, the king who is alone and exalted from them, who is praised and glorified and uplifted from the beginning of time. Then we say again, more praises of God. The God of the world, in your abundant mercy. Now here we have, here's the request, be compassionate towards us. Adonu Zainu, the master of our strength, Surmiska Gabenu, another, uh, sin, the rock of our, uh, our stronghold, Mageni Yishenu, the shield of our salvation, Misgav Baudenu, that you should go ahead and be a, uh, a stronghold for us. So here we go ahead and we have these praises, we ask God for mercy. Then we go ahead and we begin that, as we said, the olive face praises. And all of this is to take us now where we're trying to go is we transition from HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu in the physical universe and the recognition of all that's involved in the physical universe but taking place in the heavens, in the skies, that's the luminaries and that's the, the light in the darkness. All of this eventually is to reach the point where we're going to be able to say, um, we're going to, I'll take it from over here maybe, the uh, chulam. these are all the angels. So we say, Postly Spi big Bhikdusha of Tahara, they open up their mouths with sanctity and purity, Beshira of Azimra with song and with song, uh song and music, Uma and they bless, Uma and they praise, Umafarim and they glorify, Uma and Revere, Uma and uh and and sanctif uh and sanctify, and they declare, Mamlich means to declare Akashbarku as a melech. What are they declaring? they're all doing this to, to praise your great name, and all of them go ahead, and they do so, and they say, and then we go ahead, and we quote these two phrases, let me just highlight these two over here, you can't do them both, but he says, this phrase over here, and so these are the praises which we have recorded in Tanakh, as the phrases that the angels use in praise of God. So we're now quoting, as we're going to see in a moment, we're now quoting the way that the uh, that the angels go ahead and praise Hakadosh Baruch So that's something which is uh, an essential part of the uh, of the uh, of the sequence. And um, lost the safer. I found it. Now, one last thing over here is. Um, okay, you know, we're, we're going to say that. Now, in the. no, So now the tour. So now with regards to this, uh, what we say, the kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. So we have a fascinating thing from the uh, from the tour. Um, So the tour says, "So here we have this uh, this account over here of the praises that we have of God." So the tour says, "Yeah, what the wrong place?" So, the Kadosh, 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 which we say in the Bracha of Yotze or of Ori Choshech, Rambam. So, the Rambam writes that, Shein omer osa, that individuals, if you're davening by yourself, the Rambam says you do not say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. He holds that it's a davership of Kadosh. We just had this idea in Dafyomi that it is a sacred part of davening, and sacred parts of davening require a minion. So, just like without a minion, you don't do Chazar Without a minion, you don't do Kriya Satora. So the Rambam is of the opinion that without a minion, you skip this section. We'll just highlight this whole section. You'll go ahead and you'll skip this section because Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh is the ultimate Shiba Kedusha. It's the ultimate part, which is a sacred part of davening, which cannot be said individually. V'chein, Kasav Reb Natronoi and Reb Natronoi also, one of the Gonim, says the same thing. And he says, interesting, he says that rather, what do you say? He says, "Ela Omer, rather what you should say is, you go over here, he says, onim v v'omrim, we have a slightly different, onim v'omrim be-yira. and then he says, you say the word kadosh, you say the word kadosh, you say the word baruch, and then you go into the kel So we say the angels, they say kadosh, etc as if to say that, and they say Baruch, etc., but we cannot, one as an individual, cannot actually read that to themselves, because it is a davar of Kedusha. The base Yosef quotes others who say, you wouldn't actually say it in that way, but rather you say, um, you say, because the Gemara points out, that this idea is uh, that, um, the says that the Gemara Chulin says that the group of angels which go ahead and say Kadosh, 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 this first Pasa, is not the same group of angels which say Baruch like we say over here, that in this one we say the Ofani V'chayos HaKodesh, right? So the Ofani V'chayos Sakodesh are two different categories of angels. So the ofanim and chayos are the ones who say brokva komo, and it's a different set of angels who go ahead and say the kadosh kadosh kadosh. And therefore, um, yeah. And therefore, the uh, so they say that really what you should say is that um, you would say onim b- v'onim kadosh just the Hebrew uh, highlighted section, and then you would say, go ahead and say, you would say all of this, and then just till the word Baruch. So you have to identify, according to these other me, you would identify who says what. But either way, this is not our minute, because the the tour goes on to say, but my father, he says that an individual can Say this section of davening, even in the absence of a minion. Why? Because we're not actually saying Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh as if as a praise of our own, but rather Elisipur Dvarim. But rather, we are just recounting or we are just describing what the angels do. It's a secret, it's an account of what others do. It's not what we do. It's the way the angels go ahead and do so. And here, Ellen, this is going to be one of the things that you like in terms of standing. And he says, He says, when we say, now remember, we say, That's part of Kedusha, which we say in Chazar Sashat. And Bruch V'Rashem komo is also part of Kedusha, which we say in Chazar Eshashat. And everybody knows that for Kedusha, you have to stand. You stand with your feet together. So why one time we say it, we're standing, and another time we say it, we're sitting. Actually, two times we say it while sitting. One is over here in Birchot's Kriyashma, and then the second time is in Uval Etzion. So why is it that two times we sit and one time we stand? So the Rush says very nicely, he says, Lo dami This is not similar to Kedusha, which we say in Tefillah, where we actually stand. Because we begin a Kedusha, we say Nekadesh, but Nekadesh means we are now going to go ahead and sanctify your name. We're not quoting what others say about you. We are now going to praise your name. So when we are now sanctifying the name of God with the word kadosh, that's an actual Dovash of Kedusha, that Kedusha can only be said with a minion, And that's why, being that we are the ones who are actually saying the praise on our own, that's why we would stand up at that time. But at this point in Davening, and Birchos Kriyashma, we're not saying it, that we are praising God now. We are relating what others say, what the angels say in praise of God, since it's not our own, so then it's perfectly acceptable to go ahead and sit. And that's why the rush says that even if you're saying it by yourself, not with a million, there's no problem to go ahead and say it because you're not actually saying Dvarm Sheba Kedusha now, you're just giving a description of what exactly the angels do when they praise God. And being that you're just quoting them rather than saying something on your own, so then there's not going to be an issue. Now... Um, Okay, so that is as far as the kadosh kadosh is concerned. Now, um, okay, now we move on to this the the uh, concluding paragraph of this first bracha. So here we have, um, yeah. So here he says. So we we mentioned before the idea of embedding your name into a tefillah, right? That's a, that was one of the things which we said before. So the author here writes in this Makor HaTefilos, he says, So the medrash relates, Rebelezer who that would be a name that if you uh, studied uh, Slichos or Kinos, so Belezar HaKalir is the author of the majority of those. So Keshiratso the Yased HaPayit, when he wanted to go ahead and write a poem, whatever the poem he was going to, whatever tefillah it was going to be, whatever that means, but he went into Shemayim in his thoughts, he meditated and went up into the heavens in his meditative thought. And he approached the malach named Michael. What exactly, how do the angels go ahead and sing songs to God? And how when the angels go ahead and decide to compose a ditty to uh, to praise God? So what exactly is the uh, the procedure for uh, for doing so? And what does Mikhail, the Malach respond? He said olive base. He says Malachim like to use the olive base as their pattern, and they'll compose their songs and their praises in the form of olive base. And therefore says the Medrash, and that's why you look in Slichos and you look in Kinos, so the ones which are written by Eleazar HaKalir, you'll be able to see within them some sort of olive-based pattern. Sometimes olive through tuft, sometimes tuft through olive. There's different ways that he would do it, but you could always detect an olive-based pattern there. So he says, Ramas Khan. So he says that Rebelezar Khalir. If he's the author of this, I'm not sure, but this idea is hinted to in this bracha itself, where we say, um, actually going back first, um, this was, um, right, over here. So over here you have, uh, right, so we said over here, so we have the olive base, Right towards the beginning of the bracha, so you have the olive base over there. So now, who is the one who taught the fact that you should say tefillos in the olive base form? So the mentor said that that was Mikhail the Malach, right? So if you look at the next words right after the olive base, the next four words. So what do they? Uh, uh, what do they? What do they contain? So you see, misaprim kivod mem and then the word kail is aleph lamed. So mem chaf aleph lamid is there is the name Mikhail within the uh, once again embedded within this uh, within this uh, this tefillah as a way of hinting to the idea that he is the one who taught us how to go ahead and uh, compose tefillahs in the aleph based form. So here's another example we have tonight of the uh, the aleph based being uh, being embedded into in, into a tefillah. Then um, we say. So now, at the end of the bracha, now going back over there, so here we have a line which is interesting. We say, remember, we, we uh, from over here, so we said over here, the beginning of this highlighted section, so this goes back to the beginning of the bracha, reishis, Now we cite a pasuk to support this, that God is the one who's constantly creating. And we say, because it says, orim gedolim kilam chasso. Veshbarachu is the one who makes, makes great lights, and forever is his kindness. Then we have a line over here. That, um, yeah. So we say. Then we have this line of orchadash zion ta'ir v'nizkechulanu mehiraleiro. So now. Oops. So here we say this line of or chadash, this is now shine a new light upon Zion, may we all soon be privileged to enjoy its brightness. So what you'll notice about this line is up until this point in the bracha, everything had to do with God's creation in the past. Everything that was always past related, past focus. And all of a sudden over here, we're talking about the new light. The future light, which eventually will shine on Zion, so the tour says. This is in Simon Nuntes. He says, "V'nogim uh The Lachdom in Ashkenaz uh, uh, areas. So the midrash is to conclude with that phrase of or But he says, but the tour says, that nogim came in Sfardi countries. They don't have the minnak to say that line, which is highlighted on the, on the screen over there. And he says, the chen of Rashi, Rashi, even though he's an Ashkenazi, he also maintains the same position. Why? What, what's the opposition to throwing in this line over here? Because we shouldn't be mentioning a new concept at the end of a bracha about the future light. Because the chasima which is the final bracha, this has to do with creation of the past. So the line right before the concluding bracha always has to be consistent with the language of the concluding bracha itself. So if the concluding bracha is past, the line before that can't be future. You can't switch like that. That's it's a violation of structure of brachas. It's a 15-yard penalty, and you're not allowed to go ahead and do so. So therefore, Rashi says that under no circumstances can you throw in this line about or khara on tyre because that's not consistent with the bracha which follows afterwards. But V'adoni avi ha-rash zal, but my father, the, the tour is the son of the rush, he says, My father, the rush explains, the avishapir chasima. He says, no, this line that we want the new light to shine on Zion, and we want a merit to be able to see it, is actually not a, two, a new topic. It's not something which is separate from creation. Upsich or hainu-or, because hainu-or because if you remember those Midrash, and Rashi makes reference to it, that the, when the sun wasn't created until day four of creation. But on day one of creation, it says that there was or in Choshech. So what was the light if there was no sun? So this was a spiritual light which Akash created, that the Or was. HaKash Baruch Hu V'sheshem Ebrechus, olam Kedai But Baruch, Hu, breshis, baruch Hu looked at that light and said, you know what? The physical world is not deserving of this powerful spiritual light. The Lavo. And the matter says that HaKash Baruch Hu went ahead and hid away that spiritual light And it's not going to be revealed, it's not going to be uncovered until that time in the future, that future era, when Mashiach comes and the world is set astray. And that is, so this light, the Or Orchadash, it's not new in the sense that it never existed, but it's new in terms of the frame of reference for mankind. Mankind has never seen this light. We know that it existed from the time of creation, but we never saw it. And therefore, the rush says that this line or mm-hmm. is not a violation of throwing in a new topic which hasn't been mentioned previously, or is not about to be mentioned, because all of this or is all part of the original thing. It was all, all part of the original creation. And therefore, it's perfectly acceptable to go ahead and mention it at the at, at, at this time. And um, just the last thing I will tell you, I won't go through it uh, with you. But in this brach over here, beginning with the words poel um, over here, think all the way through here. So in this sefer which I have, which they're quoting from the avudram, so they go ahead and they make a correspondence between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That they have a bunch of that a bunch of these phrases correspond to various constellations which exist in the sky. So this is something where we have this whole, again, the, the focus of this bracha is very much on what's happening above the physical earth itself. It's happening in the heavens, where the constellations are, and it's happening in the spiritual worlds. And that is the progress that we made once we go ahead and we move into Birchos Kriyashma, is we're no longer on the physical plane of the, of the earth, where mankind lives. We're now above that in the skies and in the, the spiritual heavens. And uh, we will uh, hold it over here for, uh, for tonight and um i think we will call it the end of the first brach of kriyashma so next week Hashem, we'll begin with the second of bichos kriyashma all righty thank, thank you thank you all right so all the best everybody thank you for coming